0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas.
2: Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock, because wow. Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship.
1: Welcome, one. Welcome all on to the Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And, man, what a rough way to end the regular season, a glorious regular season that we have had up to this point. But Texas Tech with a gut-wrenching loss against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Uh, I can't think of a worse way to lose in a game. So because of that, I had to bring the guys in to really talk about that loss, and that starts with the producer extraordinaire that is Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dylan?
2: I regret rushing home from Austin to watch that game in time. I, I remember I woke up in the morning, I was like, okay, I have to leave by 1030 to make it so I can watch Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. And uh, I kind of regret it, especially with the first half. I, I really regretted it.
1: Well, I will say that uh, we want the most upset fans of the day because at least we did not lose the final game of a the greatest college basketball coach of all times' home tenure. So at least we're not Duke in, in that aspect. Uh, we also have the people's chant that is Jeremy Gillen. What's well, Jeremy? I think that's the slogan for the weekend. At least we're not Duke.
0: At least we're not Duke, man. Um... I said it on the preview pod. You just don't know about Oklahoma State at home. Don't get too excited. You never know how it can end. And I got too excited and it ended horribly. So I didn't listen to my own advice. Um, take that with a tablespoon of salt. Sheesh.
1: Well, to be fair, it wasn't just. So I will say this, and we talked about it in the preview pod that the. Tech could lose this game. Oklahoma State's a good team. They're at home. This is essentially the, the biggest game for them. This is, their their season's done at this point. So they, were, they would really come out, really wanting to win the last game of the season. Um, so I don't, th- the loss isn't, just sometimes the way you lose matters, right? And we talked about it in football. We talked about the fact that losing to, to Texas and TCU in football, it wasn't just a, the team lost, it's how they lost and, and how they lost. And then, uh, Plus, the Kansas State loss is how, really, Matt Wells got fired more than anything. So, and this game is a great example of it wasn't just losing to Oklahoma State. We went a good 10 minutes without a bucket. And I know, technically, Davion Warren had that nice tip-in with, like, a minute to go. That was great. But 9 minutes and 48 seconds without a real basket, this offense, we were up 10. If you would have told me that, hey, Texas Tech is going to hold Oklahoma State to 13 points for the last 10 minutes of the game... I would have thought this is a double-digit win. Let's book it. Let's ride it on home. We don't have to. We, we might have even won this game by twenty. Is what have been my thoughts, uh, Dylan. I'll let you go first, man. What a way for this game to end.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you you, you mentioned the the most concerning part of it all: ten minutes without a bucket. Uh, obviously, Bryson Williams was in foul trouble. He was out for a good portion of the second half of this game, and uh, it, it's really concerning because that should be when. T.J. Shannon would take over, and uh, it, that wasn't happening, and it wasn't happening for guys like Adonis Arms, who has been very consistent for us, and then it, it kind of goes back to the last few games. You just saw rotations that were really strange and players out there who, who weren't giving us very much, and and, and Cissé was, was a huge problem in this game. I think Texas Tech hasn't seen two bigs like this since we played Gonzaga, but between uh, Cissé and Boone, they were really good on the glass and I think that made a huge difference in this game
1: I uh, think especially uh, uh, for us offensively right like I don't think they didn't really make a difference on Oklahoma state side for Oklahoma state offense but defensively we couldn't get anything going especially once Bryson came out of the uh, came out of the game um, it was really tough to <laughs> talk about out of the game And we will get to the last play because I do want to highlight the last play in the last minute that was just disgusting to watch but um jeremy i i see your face what's what's up there
0: i just so frustrating the second because like the first half you come out it's 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 27 27 but you feel at least as a fan for me again i'm I'm the if we're within 10 points it can be our game no problem and it felt like we had energy and momentum going into the half and yet when we come out or when we come out it's like oh score 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 i thought there it is see ya like <laughs> hate to be ya, oklahoma state uh but then they hung around and the the drought that in my mind was coming that was going to be like five minutes <laughs> doubled for some reason i don't understand the like off like it was just and why i was it just bad coaching is my question of like, are we not getting the ball to the right people? Are we not pressing the issue the right ways? Like Oklahoma state's good defense, of course. Um, I mean, you don't hold Iowa state to less than 40 points without, without cause. But at the same time, like we, there were so many easy opportunities. There were so, how many buckets were right there that we just didn't finish? How many bunnies were never, it didn't go on. How many layups looked ugly? I mean, golly whiz. Um, and it, all in all, like if, it wasn't a bad night in regards to, I mean, you, you end up shooting like you're 35 from the field and 33 from beyond the arc, but you yeah, have the same amount of turnovers as Oklahoma State. You know, you have a, a, like four less rebounds in Oklahoma State, which really, in my opinion, the rebounds didn't make the biggest difference, but it was bad shot selection. It was, you know, not being aggressive at the basket. It was playing a lot of like buddy ball. And I don't know, man, like I... It was it was a terrible game to watch because I watched our I watched Texas Tech like disassemble itself and the only thing that kept us in this game truly was that Oklahoma State couldn't get a bucket either like <laughs> we, we were both like struggling to get buckets there at
1: the end um terrible basketball I you, you said this I think you're being too nice Jeremy to be honest this I is, am. I, this is a bad game this is so a bad. really bad game. Uh, on Tech's part, and and you know we a lot of times in this podcast we we really want to big up to the opposing team. The Oklahoma State is a good team, right? And I think in this situation, you're going up against the. A- an Oklahoma State team that, in any other conference, and if they weren't getting screwed by the NCAA, would be in the tournament. This is this is the type of teams we're going to play in the first weekend, right? The first round and second round is going to be at the level, the caliber of Oklahoma State and TCU that we we lost to a, just last week. So I, I'm not saying this is a bad team, but you're up. It don't matter who you're playing. If you're up 10 with 10 minutes to go, you should win that game. You should ride it out. And going 10 minutes scoreless, you'll lose to anybody. I don't care who you play. 10 minutes without a basket? Are you kidding me? You'll lose to anybody. That is a, as bad an offensive half as I have seen, not just all year, in a while, in a long time. That was absolutely abysmal. There was one, one drive where we, two layups were missed back to back. I think Adonis Arms missed a layup and then O'Banner had the offensive rebound missed it as well. Like we joke about like lit on the rim sometimes, but this game, my God. And I think one thing is, is, I think we've all underestimated, and I said this on RC's space after the game. We all really underestimated just how important Kevin McCullough is to this team. Kevin McCuller is in this game. If Kevin McCuller, if Kevin McCuller's in this game, not only do I think Tech wins, I don't think it's that close. I think the last couple minutes, we can kind of coast, right? We probably win this game by eight. And not just his points. I'm not just talking about the impact he has on that side. He calms things down. He facilitates. We were argue, we were talking about the beginning of the year, like, oh, we need a true point guard. And McCullough's not a true point guard. You know what? I take it all back. He is exactly what this team needs as far as just calming everything down. Maybe he's not not the facilitator. He's not John Stockton out there, right? But you know, sometimes your point guard is not always that. And we didn't it hasn't been Malik Wilson on that aspect. He hasn't really been the guy to do that. He's a great ball handler, but he hasn't been the guy to just call the play, settle everything down, make sure the ball is moving around. Because so many times, uh, these guys, they got tight. They started playing a bunch of iso balls. Adonis Arms playing iso ball. Terrence Shannon has has kind of always played iso ball, did it even more in this game. Davion Warren doing it. And what leads to that is, one-on-one games and bricks. No ball movement. No no motion up top, no no cutting, no, nothing like that. Just bricks. And when Bryson's not in the game, which he wasn't for a lot of the first half, and then again, he ended up fouling out at the end of the game. It, it's nobody else can really just take their guy one-on-one like that. And it's, th- this game was rough. This is honestly, it's our eighth loss of the year. This is our first Bad loss. A lot of the other games there was reasons for, right? Iowa State, we only had seven men. Providence, they were calling fouls on us like like crazy, right? T- TCU. Some people may call that a bad loss. I don't. Rough environment. TCU's playing great. This game, bad loss. There's really no way to cut it and say that this was not a bad loss. Absolutely abysmal loss. And yeah, sure to go down as a Q one loss, so it's not too bad. Nah. If you watch this game, you're like Texas Tech. This isn't a look. This isn't a look at a team that we all had aspirations for. This doesn't look like the team that we were talking about beforehand. You go 10 minutes without a basket, that is that is bad. Dylan, what do you think?
2: I think this game, and and going back to the TCU game as well, and maybe even a piece of the Kansas State game, cost Texas Tech a lot um, in terms of seeding, in terms of confidence, in terms of exposing our, uh, some turnover problems that we might have had. But uh, th- this game, yes, there was the added element of this was kind of Oklahoma State's last year it was their last game of the season but they're really up for it but that doesn't excuse the offensive performance whatsoever and uh you you have to be a little concerned going into the the tournament I know you're not big on like winning these uh conference tournament games I know these the conference tournament title doesn't win it doesn't mean a lot to you guys but I think in terms of confidence right now and flow, we need a win or two in that tournament just just to kind of get on the right track before March.
1: Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I agree with that. I agree, we need some some type of momentum, right? But I also think we need health. Like, I think a big problem yep. is that Kevin McCullers hurt. Bacho played in this game, but he did not look healthy one bit right? Terrence Shannon, apparently Terrence Shannon is also still still lingering as well. And so a part of me is like, and, and obviously I'm not saying that they're going to lose on purpose. I'm not, in no way saying that. But a part of me is like, man, this team needs to be healthy more than anything. This team needs to be healthy. Maybe it's a situation where you sit Bacho you sit McCullough for the Big 12 tournament and just hope that that confidence just bleeds out and, and lets them play. On another part of it, I think you're right, Dylan, that uh, at the same time, we need McCullough to play so he can get this confidence back. I mean, luckily we're gonna have four days between now and and the uh, Big Twelve tournament beginning for them to really really get together. I mean, I, we need practice. These guys really need to start playing and playing well because the last three games, I TCU and Kansas State, I kind of said, you know what, it, it is what it is. Let's let's go off and then they went ten minutes without a basket, like that second. Oh like I don't know. I can't express just how troubling and concerning that second half was, Jeremy. Man,
0: mm-hmm. I, I just. We love to, when we play good basketball, we have three or four dudes in double digits. Now, props to Kevin O'Banner for showing up in this game, Um, for the most part. Uh, Bryson Williams, of course. So, 16 and 13 between those two guys, between our bigger guys. T.J. Shannon, like, easily could have had double digits this game. Just failed to finish around the rim, failed to, uh, like, he had, uh, so I will say, there were moments in this game that I watched shannon facilitate the ball really well with really good passes to open up the lane um but easily could have double digits ends up with ends up in the night with six davion warren who's been kind of on a hot streak disappeared a little bit in this game six Santos silva the regression of Santos silva is inopportune for me like i very frustrated with that because Santos silva first of all his hook looked really well towards the end of the season there right next to the basket his aggression under the basket looked really strong just total regression, and that's that's bad news for us going forward. Uh, Nadolny, why are you taking a three? You have very limited minutes here. Why are you taking a three? And just giving it, it's a it's a free turnover for Oklahoma State. Like, and I just man, this team is just looking like shadow of its former self. Like we've seen some really strong wins uh, against really good teams this season, and we're like, okay, this team's starting to jive. We're starting to get together. And I understand that you know if you're TJ Shannon. Um, if you're Daniel Baccio, if you're a color, the injuries are nagging. Um, but we have been playing all year. We've been playing this ball of next man up. And this game, like, I, I don't think that applies to Kevin O'Banner. I think Kevin O'Banner is kind of like, besides next man up, he's just the, okay, we're going to blow, blow the roof off this thing. Um, we did not have a next man up in this game at all. Like, as soon as Bryson Williams was out, that was it, man. Like, there was no more ability. And if that's going to – if we're going to live and die by Bryson Williams – Dude, teams are going to hone in on that so quickly in the tournament. I mean, we were seeing against TCU. Cut off Bryson Williams. That's it. That's what you got. So you have to, I mean, we got shooters. Davion Moore and Terrence Shannon. Donis Arms has proven that he can do it. Man, like a lot is going to have to change in a short amount of time. And I'm hoping that the loss against Oklahoma State, I'm hoping that the awards that we'll talk about later puts a little, like a, a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And I hope that they spend a lot of really, like, intentional time at practice this week before the tournament. Go out or not? Like go out in the first round or not? I mean, it's just got to look a lot different before we get to the tournament. Or like you said, we're gonna get run out in the first round.
1: Jeremy, yeah. no, you, I... Jeremy, you mentioned
2: oh, no one, no one else stepping up. We had three points off the bench in this game. Three points off the bench in this totally. game. If if Bryson Williams is is unable to play and we we need someone else to step up, you mentioned no no six man we, yeah, we got nothing. And then and then. And then O'Banner is the only starter to get to the free throw line in this game. That's trouble too. If you're, if you're struggling to score, get to the strike.
1: No, I mean, I think y'all are absolutely right. I do want to give a shout out. Uh, Isaac likely might likely could be his last game ever playing for Oklahoma state. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'd better put that in there. Um, you know, former former. I you know, I've always been curious about Likely's journey as he was almost a, came that close to being a Red Raider for for him. Uh, former Red Raider Tyreek Smith also had a pretty decent game, had six points, and he he got the start in this game as well. Um, huge shot by Bryce Thompson from Oklahoma State that three pointer that sealed the deal in that game, right? And I ain't gonna lie to you, I thought I thought that was brick. I was like, oh, he ain't making that. He hasn't made one all game. He's he was over four at that point. I'm like, oh, cool. Missed this. Let's ride it on home. 51 to 5149. Oh, wait, no, he made it. Dang it. <laughs> um, and so, but here, and that's the problem, is you go only two points in the last 10 minutes. He makes that. And in my head, I'm like, man, I don't know if we can make another bucket. And so let's get to that last possession here, right? Um, because it 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 truly, that last possession truly disgusted me. Uh, we're now down one. Got about 15 seconds to go on the clock. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. However, Oklahoma State has plenty of fouls to give. And you know what? Well-coached team, they take them. They take them. And they take them so well that now from 15 seconds, we now out of nowhere only have two seconds left on the clock. We allowed Oklahoma State to impose what they wanted to do on Texas Tech and had no plans for it. So now we're two seconds to go. one in the corner. Right. We're in the the corner. We're in a a corner and, and for some reason, a play is called for Daniel Baccio to get the ball. He gets the ball deflected out of his hands. And now we're in an even worse position in the corner. Right. Daniel Baccio then gets taken out. Now that we're down to two seconds, Daniel Baccio now gets taken out for Clarence because now we need a shot. Right. We can't just drive to the lane. Clarence Ladalny gets put in. And you just mentioned it, Jeremy, that Clarence Ladalny is it's a free turnover when he's shooting. We now need a shot. We can't drive. We don't have enough time for this. We need a shot. And we put our arguably our worst three-point shooter. Mind you, Daniel Bacho, Claire Saldani, who's a better shooter? Probably Baccio. I'm, I'm not. even. I'm a big Nardone guy, but probably. But I'm just saying, just not a great idea in general. And then that last play, that last play just, it, it, I, I really, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, I don't get it. From, I don't know if a play was called. Both O'Banner and Terrence Shannon basically sp- uh, sprint to the same spot. Adonis sets a good screen for Banner, but then kind of hides behind a, a center asking for the ball. Davion Warren's at the top of the key does nothing, right? And Adonis Arms, who is a decent shooter, has been a decent shooter in conference, is one one of the ones inbounding. Um, what ends up happening is the inbounds to Terrence Shannon. Terrence Shannon takes the ball, tries to run to the corner, right? A pick by O'Banner would have been fantastic. Would have freed up Taron Shannon. Doesn't happen. O'Banner sprints to the to the goal early. What ends up happening is is now Shannon does get has two guys in his face and he gets fouled pretty badly. He gets fouled and and people have been telling me all day today that a foul is a foul whether you call it in the first minute or the last minute. And I and you know what I don't disagree that there was a foul. He got hit. He got hit pretty badly. I, you I am of the belief you cannot expect a foul call. With the game on the line, you can't expect it. If they'd have called it, they You know what? They probably should have. It's it's. It was a pretty bad foul, but you cannot expect after you go ten minutes without a bucket, or you get two points in ten minutes, and say, "Oh, well, they should have should have called a foul." No, it's it don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. They would call it great. Shame
2: on us for putting it in the refs' hands. I is is what you're kind of saying, but at the same time. Come on, Ref. It's an obvious foul. I, I think if it's maybe just like a little slap of the wrist in that in that situation, maybe you hold your whistle. But if you've got two guys who arguably fouled him, they're both in his space. Uh, I, I don't know how you 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 not call that. But also, I, I don't attribute the uh, the the loss to that lack of a call.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a it, I will say it was a pretty bad foul. yeah there really wasn't really a question on whether or not it was a foul it's a pretty bad foul I'm just not going to be the one expecting it
0: yeah I've been seeing on the accounts a couple of people trying to defend this notion that uh refs will never they will never call a foul at the end they will never call that foul and to you people I say shame on you (laughs) I think that's a dangerous a dangerous (laughs) a dangerous precedent um mainly because if you make that the like lawful norm, then why would you not do that at the end of the game every time? If they physically will not call that, then it changes the entire act. Like it, ch- it changes the entire activity of the game. Now in our situation and in situations by and large, uh, this shouldn't come down to this. Like we had ten minutes to score one point, we had ten minutes to get a bucket, and we didn't. And so it, it certainly is symptomatic of something much larger and uh, much more problematic. But I, I do, I will stand and like make it public that um, you call. I mean, you call a foul when it's a foul, especially when it's as, as egregious as that. Now they didn't. Whatever. Uh, but I think if it, if it were – you know, I would st- I would be just as angry if I was watching Andy Random like compilation of teams, like that, like that should be a foul. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we talk about the 15 seconds (laughs) that we were gifted, uh, to make a bucket with a, with a number of bucket getters that we could have used, I think this was a complete, this was the worst coaching in the 15 seconds, the worst 15 seconds of coaching, uh, this year. 'Cause you didn't off you didn't give your team ample enough opportunity uh in those fifteen seconds. You didn't create a creative enough scheme to get your guys open. Like I, I understand why you maybe wanted to toss it up to Bacho there, but like at the same time you have a really good defender in C safe right behind him, who is not that much smaller. The reach is the same, bro. Like <laughs> He's the best defensive
1: center in the conference. Like, doesn't yeah. make sense to me.
0: <laughs> Just doesn't make sense to me why you think that would be if Bacho is coming off injury. Don't put that pressure on him, man. <laughs> Oh my is god! This? And you know, I just—it was terrible. Yeah, bringing the dolny on. <laughs> and then at the end, nobody's doing anything, anyways. It's like nobody—it really nobody wanted to win this game. Like nobody on tech on on tech squad wanted and to win. this. I, and I
1: showed I showed you all the picture afterwards. What makes the whole thing worse oh, is so that you bad. see Adonis arms wide open. <laughs> yeah, wide open in the corner, like no, 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 pass it back, please. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> please pass it back. Right, yeah. That makes the whole thing like there were so many like so many great plays could have been called to really get Oklahoma State out. But it's just I, and and I don't think a play was called. I like, I don't know what to explain about those past 15 seconds. I don't know what to explain about the past 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes of the game. Like that was again, I this was a bad loss. There's really no way around it. And I'm not even say, I'm not saying this because of some people will say because of Oklahoma State. I'm not saying that at all. I think, again, Oklahoma State is a good team. Everything they've gone through, they've done a great... I have nothing to say about Oklahoma State. I don't care if we were playing Kansas or playing Gonzaga and we were up 10 with 10 minutes to go and went 10 minutes without scoring a bucket. That is a bad loss. And There's no way around that. That is an absolutely bad loss um, and a terrible way to end the season. Um, and, and I think you, t- you mentioned the last three games, Dylan. Those last three games are probably what cost Mark Adams Coach of the Year. So as we... So we get to the awards, awards are dropped, we're recording this Sunday evening, awards were dropped, tech fans are going to be pretty upset about them, nothing really went our way for the award, so let's, first of all, let's talk about it, the only guy that really got any award was Bryson Williams, so Bryson Williams was a unanimous selection to the all Big 12 first team, and he was a unanimous selection to the all newcomer team, so mind you, only two guys were unanimous selection to the all Big 12 first team it was only him and Ochai baji Now Ochai baji won uh, the Big 12 player of the year, deservedly so. He would have been my pick for Big 12 player of the year. He was absolutely fantastic. So you would think that the only unanimous selection a newcomer of the year, the only other guy that get unanimous selection to all Big 12 first team would have been the newcomer of the year. That just makes sense to me. Like I, just, I don't even see how that wouldn't, that two plus two is four here, right? But no. But no, Isaiah Brockington wins newcomer of the year. Mind you, Isaiah Brockington—he's been fantastic. He's great, and he absolutely deserves second place, <laughs> but not first. Uh, what did y'all? What was y'all's reaction to Bryson Williams not getting newcomer of the year despite the other accolades that he got?
2: I I just feel like this is the, of all the snubs because w- we feel like we're snubbed in multiple categories here. I feel like this is the biggest one. This is the most egregious one. Yes, uh, Isaiah Brockington has been really good, but but Bryson Williams has really been the catalyst for this Texas Tech team. That if, if, I thought it was pretty clear and obvious choice that it should be Bryson Williams, and you mentioned it. He's the only unanimous selection on the first team. Uh, I, I think Brockington is also on that team, but he wasn't a unanimous selection, so a oh, nice. little disparity there.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's, and I'm sure it's. You see, you see the votes, it's close. I don't care about close. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, absolutely, I think it was. It's pretty bad now to have Bryson as newcomer of the year. Terrence Shannon tweeted it, but he is a newcomer of the year, and mm. we're gonna find out on Thursday. <clears throat> I think this is. I think Jeremy you alluded to it. This is what is gonna really, hopefully, light a fire under the guys and say, you know what? F all this. It's turning time.
0: Yeah, I I I. It's a close vote and I see why cuz if you think back to Iowa State's just absolutely unprecedented like 12 12 and no start right uh Isaiah Brockton was a very big piece of that and you know he ends up I mean his game kind of dipped in and out throughout the conference season I mean Iowa State just <laughs> kind of disappeared for a bit uh but he ends up with like 17 and a half points uh for the for averaging that for the year and then uh seven what seven rebounds a game averaging it's it's number wise it's better than Bryson Williams I think that Bryson Williams should have got obviously gotten the award because he played a much bigger like he was a much bigger role player in Texas Tech's entirety for the entirety of the season. Like he got better as time went on, whereas Brockington kind of like dipped away and then had a fight back. You know, at random points in the at random points in the conference season. For so for me and I, I, Texas Tech fans as a whole, like. Absolutely. Yes, I'm affirming you like Bryson Williams should have been there, uh, but he didn't. And not only did Bryson Williams not get that, a bunch of other good players on our team didn't get any. Good back. I mean, we're we're the honorable mention. Like, you know, you have what you have one of the best defensive teams. You have the best defensive teams, according to some metrics uh, in the nation. And you don't have any you don't have anybody on the defensive team for the Big 12.
1: He, and, and, mind you, mind you, the only and I and I saw this and I, I still had to verify if this is right. So Kevin McCullough is a semifinalist for Defensive Player National defense Player of the Year. Yeah, he I think he's it's one of true. the, if not the only, Big Twelve candidate for as a semifinalist for that role, and did not yeah. make an all defensive team.
0: Yeah, how how
1: weird is that? So my thing <laughs> is this is my thing here, right? If we are the number one defense in the country, according to Kempom. That and everybody loves Ken Palm. Everybody agrees that Kim, that Ken Palm is when it comes to analytics and comes to, to to analysis of teams. They are the holy grail when it comes to college basketball. We all agree on that. So for the number one te- defensive team in the country, according to Ken Palm, and according to most people, um, and we don't have any players that's on the all defensive team. Well, then Mark Adams is the coach of the year. Like something's got to give here, right? Either Mark Adams is the coach of the year, and we and he's the reason for our defense being the best in the nation. Or we have a bunch of defensive studs, not just one guy on the defensive team, but multiple. So and you can't have it both ways; it's one or the other. And so for Gar no, not only not one coach of the year, but also you have nobody on the all defensive team. Well, then what is it? What is it like? And that's these are all voted on by the coaches too. So I'm, I'm just, I really question. I it's it's a lot of this um, makes no sense to me, right? And mind you, Scott Drew has had an incredible year. He he he's he's been he's great. He's a great coach. I big him up, big up him all the time. Uh, has had a lot of injuries this year, and you know, the, for them to go from with all the injuries and everything that they've really had to deal with off of a national championship, you know, for them to keep winning the year after a national championship, that's just amazing. Unprecedented. Oh man, unprecedented. You know <laughs> how how could he possibly do that? It's
0: amazing. <laughs> oh man, I I think you know when Mark Adams was hired. He has, you know, five guys on the roster. One man left on his coaching staff. Really.
1: Four, because I no, because four, because TJ, TJ That's was right. not back. TJ yet.
0: was yeah. So I will, I will four. I that out. Yeah, so it was four before TJ comes back, and he's got uh, Sutton, <laughs> just probably okay. sitting in the empty office like, what that? What are we gonna do? And then he ends up going twenty three and eight five and one versus the other top four teams and he's a three and one record against the other coach of the year finalists he swept the coach of the the big 12 coach of the year mind you so it's confusing it's weird to me man like there's a lot of like metrics underlying metrics to this whole thing
2: and we finish third i think the only reason mark adams lost this this job is because the last or not this job that this award is because <laughs> of the last three games I really sure. think it's because the last. Three what games. have you done for me,
1: lately? It, it's how we it really finished the game.
2: season because Baylor finished the season with five wins. Texas Tech unfortunately <laughs> did not. And I think that's the clear difference because otherwise, I, I think yeah. it's really hard to make the argument for Scott Drew when you're looking at you know, the head to head situation and and the expectations for Texas Tech versus Baylor and where we are now, but oh my god, You yeah. got beat what, what by a team you, that what almost have you done swept for me lately? Lately. That's that's on. why that's why he <laughs> lost this award is because of the last three games.
1: Well, you so know, dumb, I mean, I, I I do want to say that um, Scott Drew. I mean, Baylor was a preseason eight, number eight in the country, mm. right? And and they yeah. they've really had to to work their way up to where are they now um to number number 4 i think last time i checked um so going from 8 to 4 whew!
0: that's crazy i mean it's
1: not like it's that's not like n- and you know it's not like texas tech was a preseason unranked didn't even get a single vote in the ap poll and are now sitting at a top 15 team or anything like that. Nah, 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 no,
2: nothing, nothing like that. And, and then the, um, the other argument is, Oh, but Baylor and had to deal with the injuries. Well, let's talk about injuries here for a second. Terrence Shannon has been injured, you know, pretty much. He's pretty much, I don't think he's been a hundred percent all season. Your, your best player coming in the season hasn't been a hundred percent. Obviously we, we've seen the effects of Kevin McCullers injury on this team. Ho- mm-hmm. Hopefully that, that will alleviate a lot of things when he comes back, but, this Texas Tech team has dealt with injuries on its own. So,
1: yeah. I mean, Bacho's been hurt. Uh, Malik Wilson's been hurt. Yep. Uh, you know, like there's so many, There's we've had, we've had to deal with so much. And so that's why I, I do, I have heard the injury narrative really rise for Baylor and Scott Drew here recently. Uh, but there's no injury that Baylor has dealt with that Tech hasn't. We did play a game with seven players. Well, we beat Baylor with only eight players available. So, um, yeah, no, I think the coach of the, year, I think that's the biggest one, especially since Mark Adams is going to be a candidate for national coach of the year, right? Mark Adams is going to be up there for national coach of the year. And yet the big 12 coaches were like, nah, not good enough. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't, who knows? Maybe one coach in particular tanked his, his chances at it. Hmm. Huh. the coaches do vote on this. Do you think one coach maybe tanked him, put him in last place? you know you would think a coach wouldn't be that petty but you really yeah if y'all I mean, know the coach I'm thinking of
0: is <laughs> they are there are snakes in the grass uh I yeah. do want to point out uh fascinating and again just demoralizing stat uh that I privied upon is that out of okay so you look on the um You look on the all defensive team. You got uh, Chachua from from Baylor. You got Cisey Oklahoma State off, obviously. Asha Boyan from West Virginia, obviously, and you got Marquise uh, Noel from Kansas State, and then uh, DeJuan DeJuan Harris um, from Kansas. And if you take those last two, if you take Harris and um, Noel, uh, Harris has 939 minutes on the season. You know, 46 steals, 11 blocks, 2.8 percent steal rate 1.2 percent block and then noel 786 minutes 58 steals one block 4.4 steal percentage 0.2 percent block good numbers well if you go look at texas tech there's one boy on that roster uh his name is Malik wilson he played half the minutes um 34 steals 14 blocks which is more than both of them combined uh 4.6 steal percentage which is more than both of them and 4.5 block percentage which is more than both of them Percentage, like I, I, the numbers don't lie, people. I don't is he supposed to play an X amount? Like, oh, you gotta play 500 minutes to be considered. I think Malik Wilson, like, deserved like when he he has utilized his minutes better than anybody else in the conference. Truly, at his position, like, I, I just it's so frustrating looking up and down this Big 12 award list and being like, where the hell? Where the hell do these guys get off? Because they're <laughs> they're just not watching Texas Tech basketball. Or they're just, I mean, it's just very, I mean, maybe our three games are the end of our year uh, was just, I don't know, man. It's just very frustrating to see kind of the neglect of like the hard work that this team has put in.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I do want to give a shout out to the other guys that did make the teams. So though we didn't make anybody else from the All Big 12 second or third team, we did have a few honorable mentions. Adonis Arms, Kevin O'Banner, Kevin McCuller, and Marcus Santos Silva all getting All Big 12 honorable mention. Uh, but I will say one noticeable omission from this list, no Terrence Shannon. Now, he did play in 19 games. He should have been eligible for to make this list. I mean, he played in as many conference games as Kevin McCullough did. But... um. No Ter Shannon on this on any on any list. So I know he tweeted about how he upset he was that Bryson didn't get newcomer of the year. I got to think he got to be thinking in his mind. Oh, these guys don't even know. Time to show them. Absolutely time to show them. So as we wrap up this episode, uh, Jeremy. I mean, we're at the end of the regular season. We're going and this team twenty three and eight. Just give me your your quick uh, thoughts on this Texas men's basketball team as the season wraps up. Uh. If you
0: would have told me we went twenty-three and eight last season, uh, when everything was just uh, the foundational level once again, I would have taken it and ran. I think what Mark Adams has done in his first year as head coach of this, you know, Texas Tech basketball team, at this program, it feels like we didn't skip a beat. It really doesn't, and it feels like we got stronger in a lot of ways that were important, especially offensively and schematically overall. You know, um, there were some tough losses this year. Uh, like the Providence game was probably the most frustrating uh, loss that was out of our control. Uh, I think I've I've seen in my life. Um, but you were in it. You were in a lot of games too that you lost. Um, like I mean, man, at Kansas, could have got the sweep against Kansas in your first year. You swept the reigning national championships in your first year. You swept the snake that left Lubbock in your first year. Um, you have big wins. And, you know, there are terrible losses in here and really bad losses like we just experienced. But I don't want to look past, you know, how good a job Mark Adams has done, how great the fans have remained like steady uh, with the transition of the coaching change. Um, We went undefeated at home first time in a long time. uh, First time while we're in the Big 12. And. You know, you can look at the end here and see like, oh, but we didn't get this, but we didn't get this, but we didn't get this. And I think that that's unfair to this team. Uh, I think it's unfair to Mark Adams, who has done a tremendous job. And so just if you're a tech fan, man, just turn around and look at how great the season ended up being and don't get too bogged down on what we've missed out on. Because if, you know, this trend does continue. Adams has a really good coaching staff around him. Adams is a really good coach. And we've got a a lot of good prospects coming in. I think that the ceiling for this tech team is a lot higher than people expect it to be. I'm excited to see. It's not the end of the season. Like, we still have the tournament and everything. Uh, I'm excited to see what the preseason uh, polls are next year because, uh, you know, I think Mark Adams has surprised everybody um, national media, other Big 12 coaches. I think Mark Adams has just done a good job being Mark Adams. Um, humble, but man, hungry. And so it's going to be an interesting postseason, but I'm really thankful for the season that we had thus far.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we need to get the Road Raiders up to Kansas City. Mm. Right. You know, if we can't have this, uh, this re- we have a reputation now. We
2: got a reputation at all.
1: You know, and we got we to bring that up to Kansas City. Uh, Dylan, what did you think about this team in the regular season that we just had?
2: I think uh, you look at nationally what, what people thought Texas Tech was going to do following uh, Chris Beard's departure. There was a lot of uncertainty. I think locally we had a lot more confidence because we knew a little bit more about Mark Adams than everyone else did, but I think on both fronts we've shattered expectations. And Albie, you mentioned it pre pod. We were two missed layups away from a share of the conference title. Like this, this was a really impressive season. Jeremy, you mentioned it. We we won every single game at home. That's a, a heck of an accomplishment in itself. So while it's it's easy to get bogged down by the the last three games in a whole this season has been really special and, and what mark adams was able to do with only having you know four players when he took the job to now is is quite the accomplishment so i think even going forward into the next two tournaments i'm very optimistic about this team and and what it could do
1: so I've, I've already said it this is my favorite texas tech team of all time i don't care what's happened in the last three games um this is this team is is still special in my opinion, and I think this may be, this could be part of the documentary, the documentary of the twenty twenty two Texas Tech men's basketball team. When when you know whoever has the camera right now, zoom in on Terrence Shannon's face and Kevin McCullough's face as they realize that Mark Adams did not win Big Twelve Coach of the Year, that these guys didn't get on the uh, team because I think that this is real really light of fire under them. And I took it personally. Um, ab- absolutely, they, and as they should. Uh, this team is still a special team. This, I mean, the, the season that we've had has been just absolutely incredible. And we've been put on a national scale at this point. Everybody knows who Texas Tech is. Um, and everybody before that kind of left us for dead. Oh, well, I don't think we're, we are no longer. And I've talked about this at the beginning of the year that this season was going to be so important because before this, it was Chris Beard's Red Raiders. And all the success that we had the previous five years went with Chris Beard to Austin. But that this year. A good season this year would keep all that success in Lubbock. And I think regardless of what happens from here on out, I think I'm pretty confident in saying that the success we had the five years prior are not in vain, that success is staying in Lubbock. And with the recruiting class coming in with the team that we're about to have going forward, it'll remain in Lubbock. Um, and so, uh, but I still think the sky's the limit. I mean, if this team can get healthy and if this team gets hot offensively, nobody can beat us. Nobody can beat us. Unfortunately, recently we found out that those ifs, a little bit bigger than we thought <laughs> so uh hopefully those ifs do come and, and I'm, i am actually excited to see what happens in the big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament i think a couple wins in the big 12 should i think we're pretty solidly a three seed as long as we don't lose in the first round of the big 12 tournament um here's fingers crossed getting the three seed in the south in the southern region and uh seeing where we can go so that being said this part actually went a lot longer than i expected <laughs> <laughs> I blinked surprise five minutes. <laughs> so uh, for our producer extraordinaire, that is Dylan Smythe. And for the people's champ Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Short and you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.